When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Husband, father, motivational speaker, author, and former mayor, K.P. Westmoreland has spent more than 25 years encouraging and motivating people to live in passionate pursuit of the life they dream of living. Tonight, he shares rare lessons from his leadership journey as I sip on Eagle Rare 10-year Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is straight talk you won't hear anywhere else. I'm Galen Bingham, and this is the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Cheers. Boy, that's good. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this again. We're gonna head right back into another amazing conversation and you you guys have heard about this guy this i don't know this guy might be one of the people that i have known the longest outside of family and we go back quite a ways and i am just really really excited to have kp westmoreland Come into the room, man. I am I am so excited to have you on this episode of Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership. Come on in, man. Great to see you. What's going on? <laughs> man, Bing, I'm just glad to finally be invited into your man cave. <laughs> the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership happens, baby. Man, this is going to be an incredible conversation where we talk about the real... Uh, associated with whiskey, jazz, and leadership, and you've done a little bit of of everything. So I've got some. I got you know. It's going to be hard for me to ask some of the tough questions because we've hung out for so long. You know, we've had these conversations, but I thought my audience would benefit from uh, just your experience, and so I'm just going to go on in. But the first question I want to ask. Is what you drinking? <laughs> Man, uh, knowing that I was hanging out with you this evening, I poured me a little bit of Elijah Craig, the small batch. I like it. And so, I mean, I've had better and I've had way worse. And so I'm just chilling in my man cave and just enjoying the fact that we're sipping on a little bourbon and, and going to have some real conversation. There's a lot of, I don't want to say whiskey snobs, but there's a lot of folks that will say, you have to drink this, you have to drink that, you have to drink it this way, you can't drink it that way. But man, I, I, my only requirement is that uh, you only drink what you like. And so for this conversation, because you know we go back a long way, I had to go all the way back. Uh, I, I went all the way back. And I don't know that I've ever shared this story publicly with anyone. Gosh, I don't even know when it was. It must have been at least a good 12 years 
12 years ago, I was in San Francisco on a business meeting. Uh, after the meeting, we went into this bar and they had an incredible bourbon whiskey layout. They literally had, I mean, it must have been absolutely everything. And I was just barely into bourbon at the time. And so I asked the, the bartender who seemed to know a little bit about a lot. And I asked him, I said, man, you got to write down like your top five or six whiskeys or bourbons. I've got a taste before I die. And he wrote a list uh, and I'll share that list. This is the first time I've ever shared that list publicly, but he wrote down, you got to get Barter House Orphan Barrel, 1792. You got to taste E.H. Taylor, Eagle Rare, and Rock Hill Farm. And from that list, I, I traveled and happened to hang out with one of my best friends. We tried to purchase one of all of those. And from that list, I'm going to crack open some Eagle Rare. Not crazy expensive, but it's really hard to find. This is a 10-year. It's got kind of a cool, cool bottle, but I'm going to crack this one open. And I'm going to sit here and enjoy my Eagle Rare. Oh, my gosh. And just have you share your story, KP, because you, you've done... You've done quite a bit. There are just so many elements to your story. Yeah, let's go back as far as you want to go. Give everyone a sense as to why this is a conversation that when we reconnected recently over business, uh, I said almost immediately, we need to get this on Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. So talk a little bit about your background so we can jump into this. I don't know how far back you want to go. And there's so many angles and so many chapters. I was thinking the other day, just like, man, I'm I'm now 54 years old, which is hard to say. I'm almost a double nickel, which reminds me of Michael Jordan in the garden with the flu. But that's a whole other story. But that's kind of how you and I connected over the basketball court, right? And so I was just a kid from Bethany, Oklahoma, five foot nothing at the time, about a hundred pounds soaking wet and decided I want to play college basketball. And that just wasn't seem to be in the cards for me with my, the way God made me. But I just believe all things are possible if you believe. And I was passionate and I ended up getting a college scholarship and played at Southern Nazarene University. You, you showed up there and I mean, you were already there, you were playing. And so that's where we got to know each other on the basketball court. Fast forward, uh, I've done crazy stuff like raise money for a homeless shelter in Oklahoma City by dribbling a basketball across the state of Oklahoma. Didn't know it at the time, but I broke a Guinness Book of World Records. The only way for me to, after the fact, get my name in the Guinness Book of World Records for doing what I did, dribbling a basketball 345 miles in 16 days, uh, was to do it again. And so you guessed it. My name has never been in the Guinness Book of World Records because <laughs> I wasn't doing that again. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't like running, jogging, nothing. I like I liked playing basketball back in the day, but running just for running's sake wasn't happening. But uh, after college, I got the tour with Metalark Lemon, one of the world famous Harlem Globetrotters on his team that he had formed. Not the Globetrotters, but another comedy team. Got to dribble around and slide around like Marcus Haynes and Curly Neal, and and that was a lot of fun. But you know, then I formed a, a nonprofit and traveled as a Christian speaker 
motivational faith-based speaker and traveled the country and traveled the world, getting to share what I believe and really just trying to motivate people to stretch and believe for more, whether, whether you call that faith, whether you call that a higher power or God or whatever, that's between you and the, your maker. I'm, I'm, I just want to see you be all that you can be and stretch beyond what you thought so life is better. Fast forward, been through a lot of life struggles and a lot of things like divorce and my best friend and married Susan, my wife, and blended our families, raised five children, uh, was trying to revamp a motivational speaking career leadership thing in the midst of what I would call hell. Everything seeming to fall apart, which often happens after divorce. And I had some friends come to me and ask me to, to run for mayor of our city. Our city is 20,000 citizens, so it's not a large city. It's a small to mid-sized city, as they call it. It's a part of the metro within Oklahoma City boundaries. I'm like David in the story of David and Goliath. I'm, David has always been my favorite character in, in the Bible, apart from Jesus. And so when you're dealing with a giant metro of Oklahoma City and you're this tiny little town, I was all about getting to motivate 20,000 people to believe for better and believe for more. And we did a lot of really good work for uh, about two years out of a four-year term. And politics or politics, I don't know that I'm made for it. I see something I think needs to be fixed, something I think is not right or unethical or whatever you want to call it, corruption, whatever. Everybody has a different name for it. I want to deal with it. And for some reason, in you're not supposed to do that, Bing. And so you're supposed to go along with the program. And so four years ago, I won by 70% of the votes. And February 9th just passed. I lost by 74% of the votes after a lot of development, a lot of progress and stuff like that. But that's just, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I was been blessed enough to be able to do that because it taught me a lot about life, about people, but more importantly, about myself. Uh, I thought, yeah, I can take some stuff. You know, I mean, I'm the little man on a basketball court growing up. You got to be able to stand up for yourself and all that kind of stuff and get beat up and knocked down by the big guys like you. And But yet I, it wasn't until then that I realized, man, you can take a lot more than you think and stand up for what you believe in and don't worry about the outcome. Just do the right thing and let the cards fall where they may. And you might not like where those cards fall, but I believe God's in control. And, and at the end of the day, it's going to be good because you're going to be able to lay your head down on the pillow and sleep at night. And maybe it turns into some humongous blessing. Maybe that's financial. Maybe that's social. Maybe that's business. Who knows? But may, maybe it's just the fact that you, your family, and those closest to you know you, you stood your ground and you did the right thing and you can live with yourself. And that's important. You really did highlight kind of a theme that seems to flow through your life. And you highlighted it when, for me, when you said you weren't supposed to do that. There's just a lot in your <laughs> life that you're just not supposed to do. You're not supposed to be able to play basketball if you're five foot something. This is a big man's game. You know, you had to start somewhere, but I mean, even if we go back to high school, it's like you were the captain of the football team the quarterback, you know, all Mr. Everything and basketball, but you decide I'm going to play college basketball. And let's go back to your theme. You're not supposed to do that at right. five, eight, 
five nine five ten. You're not supposed to do that. You did that. The world has been formed by people that did things they weren't supposed to do. Jackie Robinson wasn't supposed to play Major League Baseball. Man was not supposed to walk on the moon. There's just a lot of stuff that people have done that that wasn't supposed to happen that somebody said, really? Okay, let's see if we can do it. And the whole world changes. And honestly, it changes for the better because you push the limits. You don't let people tell you what you can't do or you're not supposed to do. It's never been done that way. Who cares? If it's in your heart and you can think it and you can dream it, you can accomplish it. You got to want it worse than anything else, worse than breathing. You have to want it. I talk about this concept. You know, everyone seems to be enamored by finding your why, and that's really important. I've gotten locked on to something that you just said. I think it's important to find your want to. That mm -hmm. thing that no matter what, I don't care what makes sense. I just want this thing. What is your, your want to, this drive? You know, I almost sense that you've got an allergic reaction to someone saying this can't be done and you shouldn't do it. Where does that come from? I'm not sure where it comes from. But I have vivid memories of my mom, God rest her soul, telling me, KP, you can do anything that you want to, anybody or anything you want to. And my mom was a secretary at a church, wasn't setting records, wasn't making history, wasn't on the nightly news, wasn't, wasn't doing that. She just was a secretary, taking care, a single mother taking care of her boy and telling me, you can do whatever you want to. The greatest book ever written says all things are possible if you believe. And so that just kind of set in me even before I knew what that was all about. And I guess it is kind of like a, a, an allergic reaction. I don't, it's fuel on my fire. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm, a, I'm, I'm sitting in a room right now. That's kind of funny. I'm sitting in my man cave right now in something that is 98% complete. And I started it about six months ago, but I've talked about it for about a, a year, right? And one of our children, my son, is deployed right now overseas, and he's about to come home. And my wife said, probably two months ago, you have to have that finished before Gavin gets home. And it was like that, kind of like this, I don't think you can do it, or you better get it done kind of thing. And so I was on a mission. Oh, my wife doesn't think I complete this because I'm, I am notorious for starting a project, not being a construction guy thinking I can get something done. I tear it apart. And then I'm like, uh oh, and, and then I get onto another project and I got 15 projects laying around. And so this one, I was like, no, watch. You tell me that we're not going to get something done. We're getting it done. And so she's looking at me over here off camera, kind of smirking at me right now. So, uh oh, so we're going to, we got, we got fact checkers in the room. Fact <laughs> she, the fact checker is in the room. That's right. And so she is uh, amazing. There's just nothing impossible to me. There's no, I, I love seeing, and I, my, my kind of drive is, you know, yeah, everybody wants to accomplish something. I want to accomplish some things. And, and my ADD mind, sometimes it's a million different things. And narrowing it down and getting started or focused and follow through is a challenge. And that's where guys like you doing what you do is so beneficial and necessary because there's a lot of guys like me that need people like you to say, okay, hold on, but let's make it happen. But you got to stay focused. But I love getting to motivate other people and be involved in other people, even if it's just a kick in the pants, just a message, a comment, an encouragement or whatever that helps them 
go to the next level in their life that they might not have gone to had our paths not crossed. You and me, our paths crossed on business stuff recently. It's like, bing, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this. You need to do this because more people need to hear what you have to say and they need to experience, I call my man Bing, Galen Bingham, helping them do what is in their heart and their passion to do because you have that gift. And so I want to see that happen. So I want to be a part of that, but I want to motivate people. And that kind of drives me because I believe everybody has something in them And we're all kind of fearful about letting it all hang out. Let's go into that for a little bit. That was really the impetus for for Whiskey Jazz and Leadership, this podcast. As you know, I had had another podcast. Uh, You were actually on the Leadership Toolbox. Great stuff over there. I'm, I'm really proud of what we put out over there. But that was the polished version of me. Polished, corporate America, you know, I'm that guy version. And it wasn't until someone said, you know, hey, look, I, I sense that you're holding something back. And actually, I had, I had that person on an episode. If, if you're listening, definitely double back and check out the conversation I had with Jill Flynn, because she pulled me aside and she said, you know, hey, look, uh, you know, you and I just met, you're doing some good stuff. I just sense that you're holding something back. Whatever it is that you're reluctant to share, I want you to bring that into what you're doing because there's, there's value there. I want to ask you, what is it that makes people fearful of bringing their full selves into whatever they're doing? I fell victim to that. You know, I talk about this stuff and I still fell victim to that. What, what do you think that it is that makes people fearful of bringing who they truly are into conversations and into situations? There's a lot of things. There's the fear of failure. And what if I show that I'm trying to do this and I, and I don't succeed, then I look like, well, he didn't have what it takes or she didn't have what it takes. So there, there's that fear. Uh, and I think that's probably the one that everybody focuses in on. Something I've thought about a lot over the years is that we get so used to what it is, what life, what reality, what our routine, what you know, the amount of money we make, influence we have, the people circles we run in, whatever it is. Life is what it is, and I'm used to it. I can tell you that I want all this other stuff to happen, and I want to accomplish all these goals, but I get so ingrained in what it is that when I really have an opportunity to reach for it and go all out, no holds barred, all that kind of stuff, pedal the metal, and see if I could actually get to where I've been talking about I want to be, we pull back because we're so familiar with this. And even though we know if I made a million dollars, life has got to be better, right? But I've never been there. And that's not my reality. I'm not experienced. So it's almost like, and so you pull back. I think there's so much of that that we don't recognize. And if we can just get rid of that, because honestly, the whole, if I fall on my face and fail, I mean, come on, really? Is that really what's holding us back? I think it's more, we've dreamed about this, but we've never experienced it. So I don't really know what that is. And so we fall back into what's familiar. It all comes down to one thing, fear. As long as you can figure out how to fight that fear, the whole adage was, you know, if your boss invites you to play golf, don't beat your boss at a round of golf. (laughs) Well, why? You know, if I can whoop his butt, why? I'm not even supposed to be playing against him anyway. I'm playing against myself against the course, right? So what's that? Well, it's, you're not supposed to outdo your boss. Well, then maybe he needs to step up his game. (laughs) 
<laughs> but how many people hold back? You know what? If I'm the boss, you're a part of my team, but I'm the boss. I should want you to do your very best because isn't that going to make the team better? Even if it puts me in a position to go, wow, I need to step up my game. That's the way it should be. But the majority doesn't, doesn't operate that way. Business, I found, companies, organizations, we don't have leaders in most places that are self-assured enough to invite folks to give their best. My pastor said something kind of in passing, and this must have been 10 years ago. He doesn't even remember saying it because it wasn't even the point of the sermon, but he said something. He said, you know, instead of doing the real thing, we seem to be satisfied with doing something similar to the real thing. And he was talking about the Christian walk, obviously. And he was like, instead, right. of, instead of actually doing the Christian walk, we seem to be satisfied with doing something similar to right. the Christian walk. That has just really stuck with me, really from a leadership standpoint. Instead of actually stepping into the space and encouraging the people in my organization to really go for everything that I've asked them to do, leaders seem to have, have gotten satisfied with people doing something similar to All Out. Don't get so far out that you make me look bad. Don't, don't right. suggest that you can do something that I can't do because as your manager and as your leader, I'm supposed to be smarter. And that limits everything. Right. The whole team is less than what it could be. The whole team is less than what it could be. I mean, how and, many, how many times being that we've seen and we play with players that we knew could have reached so much further, but then they kind of half stepped it and half stepping because I don't want to say it as we would say it in the locker room. <laughs> Honestly, locker room talk. That's where the real is the real, right? How many players, and I could name them by name, that were so much more talented, had so much more ability, God-given uh, skill set, everything. But then these games or whatever would happen, you know, we didn't win and they didn't perform up to a certain level. And I've heard so many people going, well, you know, I really didn't try. Almost as if that was had I tried and wanted to try, we would have won. I'd have done my thing, but I just didn't want to do it tonight. That's worse than you trying and getting your butt kicked. That's a lame excuse. You're scared. Fear kept you from giving your all so that you could use that excuse if you didn't win. You can fall back on, I'm still the man. I still want to do it. That, that makes you worse than had you turned it on and been beat to sleep. You know what I mean? I mean, that very scenario used to really, really get to me because I, I was able to talk myself onto the, uh, into the varsity lineup in college, but I was not, you know, the 20 point a game scorer. I was not the lockdown defensive player. As a matter of fact, my entire persona that I would step into on the basketball court is you might score 30 points against me, but you're going to be too tired to brag about it. And I leave scratch marks. So <laughs> you do what you got to do. Just know that you're going to pay a price. There's a yeah, price for that. Pay for free. But when I come across people that, to your point, would turn it on, turn it off, and kind of play it safe. That really got to me because if I had a half of their talent, who knows? Right. And for you to disrespect the game, disrespect what we're doing as a team by, by turning it off, turning it on, that got to me, I think, more than 
it got right. to other folks. Like your senior year, when the clock's ticking and you know this is the last time, it's your last home game or it's your last game in the tournament, or it's whatever, and you realize, man, it's coming to an end. Even if you go to the next level, this chapter is done and it's emotional. You know, so it's just like you don't get this over. So, man, if I could go back and do it all over with, would I change anything? Oh, I would I would play so much harder. Right. Well, we're just talking basketball. basketball. Let's talk about life. Mm. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. So did I lay it all on the line today? Did I give it my all today? I had a meeting at lunch today about some business stuff. Did I give it everything that I had? Did I passionately tell them why I think this needs to happen and how we're going to get there and what it can change? in this whole scenario. You know, did you do the real thing or did you do something similar to the real thing? Exactly. Are you going through the motions or are you really doing? I want to share something with you because I'm, I'm really big into quotes. Right now, my, my dude is Bruce Lee. If you always put limits on everything you do, physical or otherwise, it will spread into your work and into your life. There are no limits. There are only plateaus. And you must not stay there. You must go beyond them. Uh, what's your That's reaction right. to that? Because that seems to be consistent with what we've been talking about. First of all, I would say if Bruce Lee said it, you probably don't want to argue against it. <laughs> just for the fact that he could just whoop chili all over everybody around. <laughs> you know, like, hey, all right, Bruce, you said it. I'm, I'm buying it. Whatever. No, but for real, I, I agree with that. I believe the Bible is the greatest book ever written. It's sold more copies than any other book ever written, right? So if you're just going off, book sales, done. I believe it's the inspired word of God. I'm not trying to cram that down anybody's throat, whatever, whatever. But it says, and I believe it was said by the greatest person to ever walk planet Earth, in my opinion, all things are possible if you believe. What does that mean? See, I know so many people that I grew up with. Like you said, your pastor said, you know, you're doing the, doing the right thing or doing, doing a form something, of right. You're doing something similar too. Yeah. Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah, I believe that. Woo, yeah, praise the Lord. I believe that. Whosoever, that's me. I'm one of them whosoever's. Yeah, I'm glad he said that. But then you read Mark 9, 23, all things are possible if you believe. Well, I don't, I don't know that he meant all things. Well, then how do you know he meant whosoever? Who am I to like decide, decipher, well, he meant all of this, but he didn't mean all of this. If he meant, and it's true that all things are possible if you believe, and, and I truly believe that, then I'm going to stretch myself. I'm going to do exactly what Bruce Lee said. Don't stay there. That's a plateau. You can't stay there. And there's no limits. There seems like so much stuff tries to limit us. Yes, I spent four years in politics. Government seems to try to limit. Uh, religion seems to limit. Everything seems to limit. Bring this limit on you. I heard a, a video interview of Prince. He was like, how many birthdays have you had? You've only had one the day you were born. But yet we claim we've had, I've had 54 birthdays. No, I've only had one birthday. And time is almost this limiting factor, this limiting thing that binds us into this thing to hold us down. And I can't really explain that, but I'm just like, okay, that just feels limiting to me. Mm. Time isn't going to hold me back. So you got to have eight hours of sleep. Says who? There's other people that operate on four hours of sleep. They seem to do fine. Some people need 12 hours of sleep. There just seems a lot of stuff that limits us. And if we can call it out, if we can just say, you know what? Reach for the stars. Do everything you can. What do you got? You're not promised tomorrow. Have you given your all today? And there's always something 
more than, than we could do. You know, whether it's physical, I need to be more active physically and be in better shape. Whether it's on your business, whether it's spiritual, whether it's social, relational, whatever it is, we could always do more. So you can't beat yourself up. But if at the end of the day, you know, I think I gave it my all. And if I didn't give it my all, then I'm going to give a little bit more to Mark. I really believe there are so many things inside of people, maybe listening to this mm-hmm. thing, they've got something in them that they've dreamed up, God planted inside of them. It's in there. If they don't do it for whatever reason, fear, whatever, God's going to find somebody else. Hold up. Hold up. You got to say that again, because that's one of those things that you, when you hear it, you sense you understand it. But I, I need you to say that one more time. Every single person out there has something in them that God's put in them or they dreamed up or whatever that's going to make the world a better place. It's going to do something. And it's in them. And if they don't do it for whatever reason, whether it's fear, I didn't have enough money, whatever excuse they want to use, if they don't do it, God will find somebody else to do it. That's what I believe. I believe God has a plan. And every one of these impossible things that people say can't be done, that God says, ain't nothing impossible for me. I want that done. And I choose you to get it done and prove to the world that's no longer on the list of impossible. Then if you don't do it, whatever that is, he's going to find somebody else to do it. That's going to go, all right, let's do it. That's just not going to let that fear or that hang up or that hurdle stand in their way. So it might as well be you. And how do you know you're not the hundredth person that he put in? Because the other 99 were too afraid to do it. Mm. Well, do you want to be a part of that, that, that group of people? Or do you want to be the one that says, wow, Finally, I found somebody that's willing to trust me. I'm speaking to myself because I have those things as well. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.